would like to welcome you all to Stalwarts of Music with Aditya Veera, Season 2. And this is a very special episode. This is a collaboration with the Oddball Festival, where we're going to be witnessing Mamoji featuring Lydia Nadaswaram. And uh, the whole idea is to document this entire experience uh, of this festival so that lot many can watch it and consume it in the near future. So uh, I have a couple of very interesting questions coming your way. Shall we get started? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. As a collective together, all of you embody so many different facets of creativity in the form of creative expression. So what is the creative impulse for Mamoji? Is it catharsis or is it the need to give music its form, sequence and structure? So I, I'd like to understand what is the impulse? I think you should go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, what a, a beautiful question. And uh, so happy to be here with you very fine people. Uh, it's such an honor for me to be able to collaborate uh, as an American with three wonderful Indian musicians and Mamoji with Mohini Day and Gino Banks, but also... Uh, in the broader sense of our future set with Lydia Nadaswaram. Um, so I guess for me, uh, I've composed uh, a lot of the elements of our songs with uh, keys layers and whatnot. And so I basically love this idea of uh, East meets West, uh, where uh, I can kind of bring in some Western harmony ideas, um, these certain ideas that come from bebop music and fusion jazz from the 70s and 80s, uh, Steps Ahead, uh, uh, Chick Corea Electric Band, kind of meeting uh, progressive rock like uh, Animals as Leaders and incorporating some of the, the new sounds of today. Uh, Mohini and Gino are two of the most talented people I've ever had the opportunity to meet. And so basically the writing possibilities are endless. Um, anything I've ever given to them they uh, rise and make things actually harder than what I gave them. Okay, they they I create in a good way. They create parts that are almost unbelievable, uh, <laughs> and they make all of these songs go to the next level. So uh, the impetus of this project was it was so fun to play with them, um, and also they're two of my closest friends. So we really love hanging out with each other. Uh, we're obviously married, so we, we yeah. hang out all the time, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's through friendship. It's through, uh, respect of, uh, each other's craft and, um, trying to make a project so that we can do more together so that we can, uh, explore the world together. We can create together, have fun together, have great food together. Um, that's the impetus for the project. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, Gino brings in his history and his experience to the project. And I bring in my journey to the project. And uh, that makes it very unique. And Mark brings in his, you know. Uh, we are culturally so diverse, you know. So we bring in lots of that into this music. And our initial idea when we came together at Gino's Den and we played the first two songs, it, it just felt so natural. Nothing was pushed. Everything was very organic. And we just felt like, you know what? We should make an album. Why not sax, drums, and bass? Why guitar all the time, you know? Why not put sax in a more progressive rock sense mm. as a setup, you know, as a lineup? So 
we did that and uh, like like mark said and of course mark you know wrote most of the music and he laid down all the harmony and melodies and stuff and gino and i bring in sort of that like rhythmic um playground you know this for indian us. element yeah the indian element keeping right. um you know uh, infused with like a lot of western grooves you know uh and fusion grooves that we thought went really well with the melodies and i got to play with like a lot of like pedals and synth sounds and that was unique for me i wanted to bring something new to the table and that was um you know my inspiration behind doing something different in this project i'm sure gino has his own uh set of things that he brought and he would love to you know say sure so let's hear from pass him. it on yeah i mean obviously mohini and i have been playing together for many years right. i mean before she was even allowed into venues and clubs you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we have a lot of history as a rhythm section working together and with mark coming in there was a perfect simpatico between the three of us with uh, having different influences but also liking the same kind of music okay even yeah. if it's like you know the traditional the the old 70s 80s fusion music and the modern progressive music we kind of listen to the same stuff uh-huh. so yeah. when everybody brings in an idea we are on point together for that idea you know it's not like too diverse okay but we have uh our backgrounds of playing also is very diverse so we bring in each other's influences and it becomes this whole melting pot of kind of i would like to call new music you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right so it's I, and what i love about this is a lot of music is manufactured nowadays heavily correct correct and yeah. the, uh, people when once they uh, set a music a certain way they kind of play it every time exactly that way yeah, yeah. for certain things it works it's fine but what i love about mamoji is we got these hooks we got these melodies we got these riffs that are awesome to play and what that's what people remember about the songs but we also yeah. have room to kind of interpret the music each night differently so that yeah. improv element is very strong which mm-hmm. makes each gig unique so i think that's yeah. a, like a perfect blend of both worlds yeah yeah and we love playing with each other's energies it's so fun it's yeah. like having a conversation you know every night it's a different energy and different sort of topic that we discuss on stage with you know so it's really really exciting for all the three of us um and uh, apart yeah, from that yeah when you see each other smiling and laughing on stage <laughs> you know that something new has happened right then and there like we yeah, exactly. this didn't happen last time yeah. correct correct <laughs> yeah you know it's all fun and we took this music on road before we even released this album so we did a whole india tour we wanted to see how listeners respond to that and the Timisoara um, Jazz Festival yeah, in we, Romania yeah we played at Timisoara oh, wow. Jazz Festival yeah. you know we uh played um It's in Romania. We played there, and then we did like a whole India tour, and it was amazing to see the reaction of people and how they were positively responding to it, and how they wanted to hear more of it, and uh, how they've not heard the sound before, and that was very re- rewarding for us, you know. And we okay. wanted to do more and more, and uh, you know, I would, I always love to hear what people have to. say about you know when when about it when they hear it for the very first time like you could ask Lydian like how what did he think you know yeah. about our mamoji album when he heard it for the first time yeah i think it was absolutely incredible and you know it's like a new kind of you know genre it's very new to hear and all the tunes are catchy and all the loop and all the rhythm what uh, gino brother played is like oh my god it's amazing 
He's and biased because I... he al- he's also a drummer, so he's very yeah, biased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I heard the album for the first time with my dad when it got released in uh, first in iTunes and it later on came in Spotify. So at first it came in iTunes and I'm like, Dad, this, oh my God, this album is kind of new to Jasper. I have never heard something like this. And uh, and my dad was telling that, you know, the Mamuji band has, uh, you know, a very, very one of the biggest uh, you know, future and the very bright future. And I was so happy. And, uh, and I got, and I'm so happy that uh, after starting their new band, I'm, I'm going to be a part of uh, that band, you know, as a guest artist very soon in the Oddball Festival. Yeah, and I'm so happy. Yeah. to have Lydian uh, be a part of our set for the Oddball Festival. And it's such a great idea that actually Oddball presented to us. And yeah. we thought, why not? You know, that's kind of unique. Why not? Yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was great. I, and we're so looking forward to it. And yeah. uh, it, it was very simple with this project, the motive to answer your question, the motive behind the goal behind it was to make people dance. And that's why the catchy grooves, that's why the um, uh, remembered melodies, you can actually yeah. remember them, you know? So we wanted to focus on those more than, uh, you know, impressing or showing off or being very right. technical, you know? I think as audiences, we are going to have a great time because there's so much of variety that will be part of this festival. Fresh yeah. music. And all of you have transcended through several many stages and evolved as, you know, the modern day musicians giving us something new all the time. So thank you so much for, you know, this uh, entire experience. Really well, looking you. forward to that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, so, Mr. Banks, you have been an advocate of music education and you spearhead a couple of music schools that includes the likes of Algorithm Drums, Nova School of Music, and you are also a faculty, a visiting faculty, if I'm not mistaken, at NMIMS. Well, I was you... an adjunct faculty, not anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you've been playing a very vital role in this phenomenal movement in terms of molding the talent pool out here in India. So uh, kudos to you for, uh, I mean, the whole lineage, like you and your father. Thank you. Trying to uh, keep this alive for all of us in India. I'm and just trying to, you know, I get the, whatever my father has given me, I'm correct. trying to kind of give it and spread it in the community. Correct. You know? correct. Uh, I've been a long admirer of your work. So forgive me if my questions are too basic for someone like you. So could you tell me what is the objective of all of these organizations that you cater to? What are you seeking to do with it uh, in terms of these organizations that you are currently associated with? It's uh, basically just platforms where people can uh, get access to learn drums from me, for example. And also uh, because I have a lot of musician friends who are interested in Uh teaching, some of them don't have the independent uh, classes and you know so this i kind of feature a lot of young drummers who you know wanted especially during uh, the pandemic when online classes were happening i was featuring a lot of young drummers to come up and teach as part of algorithm drums you know okay so it's it's a like i said it's keeping the community going kind of uh, impart the knowledge that a lot of us have been given by our seniors and parents and you know what we've learned through our experiences and kind of help the next generation forward because you know the more of us are out there playing music at a high level the better it is for the overall scene yeah and how are these yeah uh, if if i may add 
how are these curriculums structured? Is it like, you know, if, if I had to compare it with uh, something being offered at Berkeley School of Music or Musicians Institute, how is, how is your approach different from these uh, other uh, institutions? That It's kind of a hybrid of mix of both because uh, I have uh, like uh, the, the, the curriculum I compiled for the NMIMS School of Performing Arts was a hybrid of material that I'd learned through certain private lessons I'd done with the Dramas at Dramas Collective, some uh, the faculty at the Musicians Institute. Mm -hmm. And also I kind of conferred with Steve Smith, who I know. Oh, wow. And uh, he kind of uh, balanced out my curriculum. I was like, I want to do this, this, this. He's like, yeah, this sounds good. Maybe add this and that. And also adding the experience of what actually is required in the real world of a professional musician in this day and age. Right? You, ha okay. you have to get your basics. You have to learn your theory, your technique. Very important. But also the musical application and the musical diversity that you need to have in this day and age as a professional musician. You know, so kind of bringing the practical side also with the the theory. Okay. Yeah. Can I can I just say something Certainly. about Gino teaching? Yeah. So I've been a, a first-hand witness to Gino teaching. And something that I love about Gino's teaching is that, okay, this is the thing with a lot of musicians, okay? We like to pretend that we're sprinkling fairy dust over the music and that it's all magic, okay? But in reality, I believe it's a craft. Okay, a craft that can be worked on in levels. And what I've seen Gino do with his students is break everything down into levels. Okay. Even if someone comes in as an advanced student into Gino's office, he can start, okay, let's start at level one with an exercise and they'll play it, no problem. Okay, level two, they'll play it, no problem. But at that third level, things will start to kind of break down a little bit. And it's like, okay, we know objectively where the student is at and how they can proceed further with each uh, type of lesson. And that's a, an approach that is very different compared to actually some of the people at Berkeley School of Music who I know teach, you know, it's, it's more about uh, being super objective mm -hmm. and, know, and knowing that music is a craft in addition to being an art. Okay. I think, yeah, uh, yeah that sums up, uh you know, what I had had as a question, uh, at least. And how is it? How is it in terms of pace? Can students learn at their own pace? Most people do learn at their own pace, you know. Okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah, some people pick some things up quicker, some won't. But it's important that they understand what it is. Correct. Yeah. Because I, I can't practice different. for them, right? Yeah. And every student is very different. Sometimes you have to come up with yeah. things just so that they could understand what you're saying. Not everybody has the same caliber of understanding. You okay. know, everybody's vocabulary is different. Everybody's grasping power is also, also very different. So sometimes sure. you have to come up with different tricks and different ideas uh, and construct it just so that you can make your student understand. It doesn't work for everybody. Everybody's mind is so different. Uh, sure. For some people, some things are easier. For some people, some things, the same things are harder, you know? So. Okay. Mohani, I'd like to direct a question to you. Uh, I don't think there's, there's a single significant artist in India and across the globe who hasn't collaborated with you, right? <laughs> like when I saw the, uh, you know, the portfolio that you sent across last time, I was, yeah. I was mesmerized by the names that I saw in your catalog, which is very, very commendable, right? Thank you. Uh, so what, what did it take to persuade 
these set of artists were at the pinnacle of their success and often perceived to be temperamental and not available most of the time. So how did you go about making your presence felt among them? And that must have not been an easy thing, right? Uh, it wasn't a hard thing either. Okay. Uh, I didn't think about, um, you know, I didn't plan this. I didn't dream about playing with these musicians that I played with or worked with. I just kept playing my bass and making music and shooting my learning experiences, you know, video okay. shooting, not shooting, but video shooting my learning experiences and putting it out there in the world, uh, not expecting anything. I didn't think what was going to happen, you know, uh, right. until one video went viral, which was day by day alongside Gurgo Borlai, who wrote the song for me. And uh, that got me a lot of international recognition. You know, and uh, was I playing with a lot of people in India already? Yeah, absolutely. I was already working with AR uh, and I was already working with Ranjit Uncle and Uncle Louie and lots of great uh, artists in India. But the international um, recognition came through that video. And then I realized that the social media game is really up and like a lot of people come across and get to know about people through social media. Great. And I was recognized by a lot of these international musicians through social media, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or word of mouth. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I collaborated with this girl and she plays bass and uh, maybe you could try her for your album. It wasn't something that I requested or asked for. I just kept doing my music. And my goal was really simple. Like I wanted to be independent and have the freedom in my life and be able to control myself and not being not be told by anyone you know to do things i wanted to do things on my own terms and music was the only thing that i knew that was giving me money and i knew if i save up then i could gain all the things that i want in life and so like by the age of 17 or 18 i think i got my first place moved out of the house and then I started making my taking my own decisions and started going to recording sessions like where I would play for a lot of jingles and background scores at Nirvana Studio, you know, where Ranjit Uncle was there. And after my school hours, wearing my school badge and school uniform, I would go to Ranjit Uncle's studio and like play with him. And uh, I would get to uh, witness like a lot of great musicians such as uh, Dominic de Piazza, you know, uh, playing bass in front of me. So that was my upbringing. Like growing up, I saw like Kai Card, you know, I saw like great bass players and great musicians in that studio hanging out. And I got to hang out with them and got to see them play real time. And that was a great learning experience for me, you know, uh, about these musicians being temperamental, uh, you know, everybody's experience is different, I guess. Correct. With me, it, it was, again, not something I asked for or dreamt of doing. So they called me. So, you know, Lovely. it was it was different. It was the other way around. I didn't want it, but they wanted me. And uh, I was so grateful that I got these opportunities. And I, you know, we still collaborate with each other in each other's uh, projects or playing for a client. We get to pair up and do some work together for these clients that we share in our, you know, uh, I guess, curriculum <laughs> or calendar. Um, uh, I, I told you, I think last time, like 95% of my work happens through from my studio. You know, I, I don't perform as much as I used to before. Okay. I used okay. to do a lot of live gigs before, but 
now I do more, like 95% of my work happens from my home studio. So, you know, like everything that happened in my life, it just kind of came to me and I took it up as a challenge uh, because I love to learn. I love to listen and um, give and bring something to the table that hasn't been done before. That brings me a lot of joy and it pushes me to do better and better every single day. And that's a, like a high for me, you know? So I guess that's my, uh, uh, what do you call that? Like uh, motive in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, There's a Hindi word for it. And I'll just say something about her. Uh, I said something nice about Gino. So I'm going to say something nice about her. Sure. Uh, we're, we're, we're living in a world of Photoshop and post-production. Okay. Uh, everything that you see on social media has been manipulated in some way. And uh, there's an old adage by Mr. Marvin Gaye that there's nothing like the real thing, baby. And she's the real thing. She's the real thing, okay? No doubt. What she presents herself on social media as is the same as what she will find in her live concerts. She plays equally well on social media. Nothing that you're seeing is fake. Nothing is being mimed. It's all the real thing all the time. And it's something that is so rare in 2022 that when we talk about persuading others to hire someone, there's no persuading that needs to be done when it's the real thing. Because there's nothing like the real thing, baby. Okay? Yeah, I mean, we talk about this. You know, I categorize musicians in two different categories. One is like IG musicians and real musicians who are actually out on the road and uh, pushing every day and working hard every day and like, you know, uh, making, trying to e make ends meet, you know, and practicing every day. And it, it's not, it's not something like no offense to those IG musicians, but their goal is different and everybody's Correct. goals are just different. You know, Th their goal is to hit a certain number online. Yeah. Our goal is to just make better music, music and push ourselves every day to do something that we couldn't do before or get better at something that we are already doing, you know? So it's just different outlooks. Right on, Mohini. Right on. So Lydian, as you are trying to play something, uh, having multitasking of attention going on, <laughs> among all, of, all of this, I have yeah. a question for you. Yeah. So you grew up in an environment which is very rich in terms of, you know, the sensibilities and you played the flight of the bumblebee at a very fast rate like 340 bpm yeah and uh, you were mentored by two set of people uh, ar rahman sir and la raja sir so how intense and important was the environment that you grew up in uh well uh, it's it's everything you know it's a little bit of this it's a little bit of that and all all those kind of things and and first of all i'm homeschooled so i stay in home the whole time and i do full time music and i learn a lot of uh, stuffs Okay. Uh, through uh, YouTube and and I I go to uh, you know lessons and then weekly once or twice I go to you know Eli Raja sir and we'll have a healthy musical discussion and for like a year and a half I studied in Rahman sir's uh, uh the the conservatory AM okay. conservatory so uh, uh so I started uh, my music from the age of two mm -hmm. and now I'm seventeen okay so uh, I think uh, I'm I'll, I'm developing, you know, with my uh, practice and, you know, what I'm lear lear learning day by day. And I'm happy about it. And there's still a long way to go. And this is just a start for my career. And uh, yeah, the city, the city has helped me a, 
a lot in terms of you know getting to know you know south indian carnatic music and you know playing the mridangam and many other uh, stuff so yeah i feel uh, really great yeah do you have a personal fa- favorite in terms of uh, style musical style ah yeah of, of course uh, uh, jazz is one of my uh, favorite and of course being an indian indian classical hindustani and carnatic uh, but uh, when i uh, when i uh, started uh to play drums for the very first time I, drums was my first instrument so i used to listen to you know a uh, jazz uh you know lot of uh, main mainly lot of solos you know drum solos and uh, western classical of course because being a pianist western classical is very important so yeah okay. i love all the genres and in fact my first debut album was in i know the genre jazz it was a jazz album and now i'm doing a indian uh, full on full indian fusion Hindustani and Carnatic album together and blending jazz with that. So I like to blend genres, you know. Marvelous. <laughs> yeah. Marvelous. Nice. Is a question. Amazing yeah. time to pick uh, talk about Lydian's chromatic grammatic album. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. where all of us Mark Mohini myself have had the yes. privilege to play on these yeah. on his incredible music. <laughs> so it's very fitting that Lydian would be the first kind of artist to play with Mahmoud. You know. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm so yeah. honored to play. I'm so honored to play with this right. incredible band. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're so happy to have Lydian on board and I would like to thank Oddball, you know, for having Lydian uh recommending Lydian for this uh idea because it was so exciting and we're super looking forward to this performance. So people out there listening to this, yes. please come on the 17th of February. Um we're playing at the Oddball Festival with Lydian and this is going to be so fun and another thing I would like to add is that we need more musicians like Lydian who are sincere and dedicated and take taking something seriously you know I think people have forgot, forgotten how to be serious you know about something and putting in those number of hours people get too lazy and no tired shortcuts. and there's no shortcut people are looking for shortcut out there which is not cool and what they don't realize is the more serious you are with the music the more fun you actually have on stage <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> mark i'd like to ask you this very question uh, talking about western classical music notes and rhythms are pretty much the same every time you play them with with the instrument that you use right so what are the things that you rely on most in terms of bringing to the table your own personality in terms of say like a classic like a beethoven piece or maybe even a solo that you have personally written so how do you bring more of you today to a classical piece okay um So with this question um I probably am not the right person to ask um frankly speaking uh I am from a western country but uh I am by no uh certain uncertain terms a western classical musician uh and I feel like it's best that I represent myself properly as a as a jazz musician okay. uh I'm a, so um and He went to the uh, North University, uh, so, Texas. So yeah, so I'll I'll just talk about my yeah. educational background. So uh, I started at the University of Illinois in Champaign Urbana in jazz studies, studying jazz saxophone, and then I finished my degree at the University of North Texas, uh, where I graduated with uh, a jazz studies degree in jazz saxophone with a minor in jazz arranging. Um, right. So um, within the context. 
I, I understand your question, um, but I'll frame it within the context of jazz music, if that's okay. Sure, sure. Um, so jazz, let's let's say, um, even within the context of what is now referred to as Black American music, which encapsulates uh, pop music, blues music, rock music, a lot of these things that jazz music, gospel, coming from uh, Black American tradition. Um, Basically, um, there are two types of music in my mind. There's improvisational music where, uh, let's say, at one end of the spectrum can be everything is, is free, okay? The way we play the melody each time, if we're playing uh, Bye Bye Blackbird by, you know, Miles Davis's Bye Bye Blackbird, he doesn't even play the melody, really, in his, in his recording, okay? But he's still playing the song in his own way. Okay, then we go to um, something like uh, an Animals as Leaders song, mm -hmm. progressive rock song, where it's pretty much the same every time there are parts. Okay, um, in my mind, I like to meet somewhere in the middle. I think that it's really great as a, a musician that we can find structure in a piece of music, that we play parts correctly in time uh, with a good tone with the correct harmony at the same time. Um, I, and, but I also think that it's important to leave room for, uh, I was almost going to say leave room for Jesus. That wasn't going to be good. <laughs> but uh, uh, leave room for improvisation. Um, uh, improvisation is, is, uh, is a very important. So in my mind, that's leaving room for a little bit of expression. Um, so in Mamoji, um, this comes through with, we pretty much have a set form on all of our songs, okay? We okay. play at, at the same tempo every single concert. We play with the same form. But what we do allow for is changes in terms of the way that we approach solo sections. Um, and we allow breathing space so that things are different every single time. Um uh, my my feeling about certain improvisational music, so like Miles Davis is someone that I, I really have looked up to as a musical hero in my life. Um, if you listen to Miles in the 70s, where there's these two chord jams, there's a lot of freedom there, okay? And when that first came out, that was like a big thing, right? Complete freedom within these two chords. And they jammed for 15 minutes, and these audiences loved it at the time. But the problem today is that if we put together a band, even of the most killing musicians in the world, and we play two chords for 15 minutes, I think the audience is going to leave. I think, I think they're out of here, okay? They're going to listen for a few minutes and they're going to go, is this really all we have now? These two chords? Play the best solos, whatever, but two chords are going to get old. So We've like literally experienced that while being in the audience. Yeah, yeah. So I... It's We've seen people like leave. It's it's in my mind. You can have the best musicians, but I believe that form, that tightness of a band, are so important in 2023. Um, and that is kind of what informs all of the music that I write and that I am a part of these days. Is that I want to be a part of bands that sound killer. That every single gig we are walking out of the show like that was just as good or better than the last show. Yeah. Um, and we don't leave, uh, you know, what's the point of rehearsing if things aren't going to be killer every single time? So that's the standard that I love with these three musicians. 
is that we're all cut from the same cloth. We all want perfection or as close to perfection every single gig as we can get. And we want audiences to be happy. Something I, I really also believe, this is my last thing before I get off my soapbox, yeah. is that uh, that we shouldn't demand the audience to applaud. We should do it through the music. We should we should bring the energy so that it is so uh, energetic that they have to get out of their seats. The moment that we start using our words, unless they're lyrics, to demand that the people get out of their seats, I just see that as a form of weakness for us musicians, that we're not doing a good enough job in our performances and that we need to do better. That's a personal thought. But um, it's something I believe wholeheartedly that it is our job uh, to give our paying customers, our audience members, a great time. And that's what we're going to do at the Oddball Festival at Phoenix Market City on 17th of February. Please come out. <laughs> uh, based on what you said, you said that uh, you'd like to make people happy through this entire process as Mamoji, as a collective yeah. group together. So would it be right to say that the intent is to put out joyful music for audiences out there? Joyful, uh, you know, every song has its own uh, story and uh, idea behind it. But I, I think the big thing is we are, uh, we're entertainers and musicians, right? We want to provide a good, well-rounded experience for the audience. Um we want them to feel uh, somewhat inspired when they go home uh, or, or enrich their lives. We want them to groove with us, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think we need to bring the groove back, you know? Everybody can do a lot of things, but we really felt the need of dancing and making other people dance. Yeah. So that was the main thing behind writing this album. We want to make people dance, even if it's an odd meter song, we want to make people dance. So we literally see people dance to a song that is in seven. Yeah, and five. And, and five, and people are dancing to that. And it's incredible. And it's really, really fun to Lovely. see that we achieved what we initially wanted, you know? And I would call us a, a fusion band still because there's jazz and this progressive element. Yeah. Um, and I would like to think that we are one of the first true fusion bands to incorporate like a light show. We're, we're constantly working on this idea of of programming lights and making the presentation better. And I think by keeping our audience in mind first, without compromising the music, we're not going to compromise the music and do what everyone else is doing. This is an original project, um, something that we, we want our own sound, we want our own vision, but we want to provide a good experience so that when people leave the show, they feel like they got their money's worth for coming to see us play. Yeah. I, 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 I think that as, as I, and I mean, I can speak, you know, from my perspective, I'm from the other side of the world, but I've paid a lot of money for certain concerts that were not worth the money. Like I've paid a hundred dollars for a concert ticket. It was one of the worst concerts I've ever seen in my life. Okay. So I, if someone is paying, uh, let's say 500 rupees to come see one of the bands I'm a part of, or or they're paying, you know, for the Shakti concert, the tickets got very expensive. Correct. It, but they were, even the people that paid the most for those tickets were awarded with a great show that they'll never forget 
as long as they live. Yeah. And that's the reason why people will come out to see your show instead of staying in and watching Netflix. <laughs> it's because it's something that was worth seeing. It was worth paying the money to go to. And people come for the experience, you know? People want to feel you. People want to talk to you. And people want to not just see you and hear you, but they want to feel you. And we wanted to make music for the same reason so that we can be a part of their experience too and have the same feelings on stage. Sure. Of course, musically, we are having a different sort of conversation in totally different universe. But at the same time, we see people's faces when we are on stage, you know? We see what they're feeling and it gives us energy, you know? And through that, it makes us want to do better and better and give us give them something that they've never seen before, you know, or that, that has never happened before. Like name one band that has saxophone, bass and drums that are playing like heavy metal, rock music, like jazz and fusion, progressive, like everything in one band. You get all the elements, you know, it's like coming for a great buffet, you know, with a great appetizer, with the great main course, with a great dessert, you know, like everything's there, you know, and so... That's what we want to maintain and add a lot more to that, you know, add an icing on top and the chocolate drizzle and a lot more. Yeah, you know, you, you can go, you can get your dosa, you can get your pizza, you can get your chili chicken. You add, can, a, add you your can, steak, you, you know, yeah, you, you get your, <laughs> get your uh, fish fry, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what you write just, you said at this point, it can be a good teaser for the festival. <laughs> yeah yeah they'll just start yeah. buying tickets in the next yeah, couple I mean, of their hours. lineup is like that they have yeah. like the audience is going to get to hear every sort of every type of music they have the three amazing japanese girls Correct. who are like like they're like superpower girls they're like great at what they do and who has seen them here yeah. nobody Lisa has seen actor. them here, but i know how how great they are at what they do and it's going to be such a treat for the people out here you know and and same same goes for all the other bands you know of course they are superats everybody knows they're incredible Guthrie Goban, you know? Brian Beller, yeah, Marco yeah, like we want to be in the audience and watch every, everything we want to watch all the bands you know they're all equally amazing you know sure Mark and Mohini what is the professional dynamic like for the two of you all while working as Mamoji. Uh, I'll let you start with this one. Well, I think Gino would be yeah. a better one <laughs> to answer that. I think he has an answer up his sleeve already. <laughs> no, no, it's great. It's it's such a it's it is a interm like there are sections where this is just strictly work and this is strictly personal. Sometimes it becomes like this and then sometimes again it becomes like this and like that. But then that's what makes it special, you know. Like wow. the, the intent is the, is the goal. The main yeah. goal is the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. It, there are different ways to reach that goal and it's very important that that dynamic goes back and forth, you know. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of act same... like a soundboard cool. also for bo between Mohini and Mark. I'm kind of a soundboard to see... Yeah. You know where no, things are going. No, but to answer your question, there will be uh, times where he'll think that's a better idea, or I'll think like, oh, maybe mine is a better idea. I'm like, you know what's what's good, and then Gino is like the middle person. Yeah. Is like, I think both are great. He's like the most neutral one. 
<laughs> but but it, it really feels like a family yeah. band. Yeah, um, I can see that. In that we we all have uh, love and respect for one another, yeah. and um, and we and we are a team. Like we, we discuss things and we make decisions collectively, not single handedly. You know, mm-hmm. we all, uh, like I said, share the same goal. So it makes it easier for us as a team to work towards the same goal. You know, we want to make it better and we have great ideas and so many ideas that sometimes it's hard to fit in everything, right. you know. So that's why we're already and, writing our. And Mamo each of us have, have uh, individual strengths, too. So, like, for example, uh, like Mohini and Gino, uh, obviously, because of their training in Carnatic music and uh and just in general, rhythm uh, is is deeper than what I have gotten into in my life at this point. Uh, they uh, excel in this category. And where I excel is in um, like jazz uh, harmony. Like I love using 13th chords and altered. Co- I call it sus and plus arranging, which is suspended <laughs> chords going to altered chords. Okay. And like yeah. I, I love. Uh, Using uh before the interview started, I kind of was talking with Lydian about how I love using Spectrosonics products, Omnisphere and Keyscape, and I love uh, uh Arturia, uh their synth package that they have, and like uh finding new patches from other users who have uploaded their stuff online, and um so and we get inspired from each other too, you know, because we're yeah. always trying to make. Uh, ourselves sound better even if it's good we are always trying to uh you know see what other possibilities are uh possible you know like oh this section sounds good but maybe if i use a different sound it'll be better you know what more can i do to that so we'll walk into gino's den sometimes and he'll be doing something oh let me uh, construct this and he'll like create a pattern that's really hard for him but sounds mind-blowing you know so then i'm like oh wow that pushed me and i want to do something else now do something that complements that you know so we're all kind of like in it together and pushing each other when we yeah. see each other working hard makes us want to do something different you know and, and i think the thing with, with i mean we all have families and communication is key and there are going to be Thank disagreements you. and but the important thing is that we have really good communication that we hear each other out and like for example mohini is so well versed in everything with social media i mean she gives such great ideas with uh just the social media game as well as um the look and imaging of our brand so for example if you look at the momoji uh, album cover a uh, new album out, by the way, as of January 10th. <laughs> go check out the videos. Go check out the album. Uh, if you go ch- see the album cover, she totally designed this like in like a Photoshop type program before we even stepped foot into the studio. And uh, I think in the photo, the reference photo, like I had some like Matrix classes on, but like, but basically she had the idea with the photo, with the the cover photo so is going to look like people, yeah. before we went into the studio. Like I photoshopped all the three of them together. I, I picked some girl online and really liked her outfit. And I had some ideas like, oh, but I want to replace this with this. So I took like a piece of clothing from the other like online image and I put it on top of her. And then like some guy and I put it there. And then I'm like, oh, 
Mahamoji. So maybe we should be in the same order. Yeah. And I want to keep it simple. Give it like a matrix vibe. Like there are, obviously there are so many ideas and uh, we have room to play around with it like so much in the further, you know, projects that we release. But like, it's just fun. Like I love fashion. Like everybody knows that. And I yeah. wanted to become a fashion designer. So anything that uh, is related to creativity and um, I'm not obviously the best person at social media, but whatever I do, I like to, like I said, learn and educate myself. Why did that do well? Why did this video not do well? What is special about this one? What does my audience want? So it's like fun for me to know uh, and uh, feed this information. Um, to myself so I can do better in the next video and make it better for all of us for the next project and do something different like like you know I think one of us I don't know who it was but I had an idea of how about we bring in a light engineer and program lights to the music you know I think it was Gino I think it was Gino so like he he suggested and I was like wow that's a great idea actually you know so we we're always like active with our thinking even when we are like set you know oh this sounds good but it's not enough it's never enough for us we're greedy people when it yeah. comes to uh perfection and uh, excellence and like doing better and better every single day so we can bring something different to the plate for people and for us because it's fun the whole process is really exciting for us and we have a lot of uh i know i, I don't know I, for me it's just a joy to work with both of them you know they're both just so good at what they do it inspires me and makes me makes me uh makes me stay grounded yeah and I also believe this thing about um, you should try everything once, except the, some things. Okay, some things we don't have to try once, but most things we can try once, okay? Uh, and so musically, if we apply that idea, um, like we were recording some different ideas for some Instagram-type videos the other day, and one of the melodies that was uh, composed was just a very simple... And it's like totally simple. Um, we just it's like a vibe song, okay. Um, and you know, when you hear the demo, it sounds like really boring and like okay, but it was like an instant vibe from that session that actually the song that felt like it had the least potential became very special. Yeah, and it was through the performance and the player. So just yeah. trying things at, and putting them out there for the world has become kind of uh, something that we practice now. We just want to uh, do things at a high level, but give everything a shot. Yeah, we try it out. And if somebody doesn't like it, we'll try it again. And if it's still not working, eh, no problem. Yeah. We'll move on. You know? So try everything yeah. once, yeah. except some things. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the beauty lies in the fact that all of you are very bold and fearless musicians in terms of all your decisions and that's true you know very truly incredible Lydian before you get to your next task I'd I'd like to ask you another question <laughs> okay hope it's not a very personal question uh -huh. but in one of your uh, earlier interviews someone asked you if you were into gaming and if you know if you knew what a playstation was <laughs> yeah <laughs> so have so, you been able to unfold that mystery now yeah of course because <laughs> now i'm 17 years old and i i know a few things and i'm still figuring out <laughs> uh yeah um so uh uh yeah i can say this raman sir asked uh, 
uh, me uh, when he interviewed me after my win at the world's best uh, competition, CBS LA, Los Angeles. And the very next day, I came to Chennai, and uh, and then he did like a whole uh, felicitation ceremony for me in his music conservatory. So he yeah. interviewed me uh, for the first time. I think he interviewed someone uh, for the very first time in his life, and I'm so honored to say that that was uh, uh, me. And and yeah, so uh, when we when when he was asking questions and I was answering, he asked me that uh, you know, you know, so uh, you know, what's uh, PlayStation? So no PlayStation in your free time. And I was like, oh, what is that? Uncle? Because I was, uh, I think, 13 years old or 12 years old at that time. And I was fully into music. And all I knew was Hot Wheels cars. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Wheels cars. Uh, but still, I, I knew a game called a GTA Vice City. Hey. <laughs> that was you know one of my favorites. Favorite? Uh-huh. You know what's my favorite? I love playing. So this is, uh, this is what I do now, okay? I didn't do uh-huh. this when I was 17 or 12, 13. <laughs> Uh-huh. But I love playing Counter Strike Condition Zero. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so love shooting people. <laughs> as long as it's not me. Yeah. 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 And defusing bombs. Defusing bombs. Uh, saving hostages. Yeah. Rescue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Uh, so after that interview, uh, I came to know about the PlayStation and the thing called Xbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Fortnite, PUBG, and all those kind of uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you. yeah, uh, yeah. But now uh, I, I very, very rarely uh, play video games. But uh, yeah. I play physical games. You know, like I play badminton very uh, often in my streets. Not very often, very rarely with my father because here uh, the streets are you know filled with cars and things, and we and we don't find time to go to some badminton court and play there. You know. Yeah. By the time I can compose two tunes here. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Yeah. So, yeah. Lydian, do you find inspiration from uh, daily things in your music? And if you find inspiration from daily things, what would they be? Uh, well, every day it's a new process and it's a, a new learning from me. And every day I listen to new music. I find out new artists and they inspire me a lot. and. And also, I watch a lot of uh, kids who are uh, younger than me uh, playing instruments, you know, like incredibly well. And I get inspired by them a lot. Like on and, Instagram and social media or in, in Chennai live? Yeah, I mostly I see in YouTube and uh, yeah. not much in Instagram, in, in YouTube. Uh, and my father sends me some, uh, I know, kid uh, playing the piano from China. And, and in, in, in fact, uh, I started to play piano after uh, seeing a child prodigy uh, named uh, Sang Sang. And he's from uh, China and he's like, you know, I, I think he's from Korea. So, and he's like uh, very famous and he's been on the Ellen show. And first time I saw him play a very fast piece called Flood Time. And then the next day itself, I started to play piano. So it's like that. Every day I get a lot of wow. inspirations. And yeah, I see. And also when I heard uh, the Mamuji album for the first time, I was like, oh my God, this journal sounds so good and so catchy. And I got, I got so much inspired by that. And I have to thank you people, you know, oh. for that wonderful album. Awesome. Since we're on the topic of the Mamoji album, I'd like to understand, do you keep an audience in mind while making this music as to what you want to express in terms of the knots, intuitions, and the feelings in your brain? And of course, there's this process of catharsis and emotion that you add to the music. And... uh, how, how is your approach? Like, do you go about it in that fashion? 
you know well, the songs the songs are uh, they're dynamically very different their tempos fluctuate the harmony fluctuates with the melody the grooves are different so there's a lot of ups and downs in the feelings so it's not just one particular feeling you know so some things can be a little less very few notes very spaced out easy grooves some things are heavy grooves some are slow some are fast you know and we have a lot of breakdown sections so there's a lot of things going on that takes the audience on a journey through the set so it's not we're not hitting you at one dynamic you know which can be not very comfortable for an audience yeah from a business perspective um you know i i wasn't like this before but now uh being sort of an influencer online you know and making the videos that i make and posting them online one thing that i've learned is that uh not a lot of people think about audience when they're writing music i'm sure gino and mark also don't think about it very actively right but okay. in my thinking sometimes um sometimes not all the time but with mamoji because i am more of the person who cares about looks as well and who cares about like the whole branding as well i like to think about what audience is going to like in terms of um the show like what could be done uh when we are planning the show like oh maybe we should squeeze this in and this will sit very well with the audience that understanding comes through a lot of uh experience when doing a lot of shows with different people for different audiences you know having played in india having played in you know so many different countries you get an idea of uh what type of stuff um what kind of people like in different places and uh, okay. obviously indian audience is very different than american audience you know uh some some things you will see americans clapping to that you won't find indians clapping to because indians have high expectations uh maybe it's got something to do with how we are raised because i personally was brought up in a strict household and uh i was always told to not uh get too carried away by something if it's too good you know i don't know it's if it's the same with other people but as a kid growing up my father when i excelled at something didn't appreciate me a lot just said it's good you know because he didn't want me to get carried away and think that i am the best you know uh so that has really stayed with me when i do these live performances when i play something and it goes well with people i just note it down and i i don't like celebrate you know or get carried away with like oh shit i killed it you know no i'm never going to say that or nobody ever really says that i don't know about it i'm speaking for myself but i note it down and i keep that in mind and for the next show depending on what type of show it is mm-hmm. we all discuss like i said because it's a band uh i i probably voice my opinion i say hey what do you think you know i think this is going to be really good what do you think and if they think that it's cool and it's cool you know and if they don't agree with it then we chuck it you know there are lots of ideas that we all bring to the table some work some don't work and uh, we make the decision collectively uh, but we respect each other very much because we all the three of us we are very aware of each other's strengths you know and who is good at what you know so i think um, it's easier when you know each other's strengths you know yeah. My my opinion on the the writing for the audience is as follows. 
uh, if I say something like, I like dogs, okay? 75% of people on the internet would say, oh, I love dogs. And then 25% of people are going to say, I hate dogs. Dogs are the worst, okay? I would never own a dog, okay? Or I and like then, cats. And then, and then uh, or how about like, I love mustard, the taste of mustard in my curry, okay? There are going to be some people from this part of India that say, oh, yeah, we love that. And then there are people that hate it, okay? Okay, I would be one of the people that loves it. Okay, I love that taste, okay? So in the same way, are you going to change the way that you cook because somebody else might not like something? Well, 75% of people might like what you're doing. Uh, and let's say that only 25% of people actually like what you're doing. Well, are you going to change what you're doing to satisfy the majority or are you going to just keep on doing it because you like it? Yeah. I think that in music, the creators are the audience first, the first audience. So you have to enjoy what you're doing first. And then um, taking to consist. And I, I was the person earlier that said we have to think about giving the audience a good show. So because of that, we've crafted an eclectic set of music where it's a buffet, okay? Everybody can enjoy some aspect at some point during the concert, okay? If you don't like the song that's happening right now, wait two minutes, it's going to be over, and but then again, you can go you, to the next song. Yeah, but again, you cannot make everybody happy. You can't make right? anybody happy. So you can only assume some things and just hope that it will work, but you cannot make everybody happy. Yeah. I, I say one thing, and I've said this before, criticism Critiques are like farts. They come and go and they're gone yeah. in a second, you know? Absolutely. So it's like, what do you do? Do you care about them? No, you don't think about it. It just happens and it goes away, you know? Yeah. So it's like that. You just do your job. Just hope that people will like it as long as you're having fun and you're enjoying and you are on your path to what you want. It's called. It's all good, you know? And, and also, these, you know, just going back to the thing about the improvisation versus form. If you if you have a healthy balance of what you think that people can tolerate, okay, then you kind of have a, a knowledge. If everything is free, and you're playing for free for you know free in terms of no time, no changes for an hour and a half, well, you have to have a really specific audience for that that's going to stick through that entire set. But if you have uh, an audience that's very mixed, that, you know, some people like Bollywood music, some people like uh, top 40 pop music from America and from Europe, and then you have people that only listen to Indian classical music, well, uh, you're, you're not going to satisfy everyone on every song, but maybe everyone can enjoy some part of the show. Yeah, and then there are musicians, you know, there will be an audience sometime where it's full of musicians, you know, then what, <laughs> what are you going to do, play like technical and impressive music just to impress them? Hey, I can do this. Right. No, of course not. You just play and just hope to have fun. That's why we do music. We're not here to prove anything, you know? I agree. And yeah, with the joy of, uh, we enjoy playing music. We enjoy playing our instruments. And like I said, it's a it's a craft we've all worked on and representing our art, right? So hopefully that, even if the people have never heard the song before, they're taken up by that, by yeah. seeing us play the music and make it happen at a, hopefully at a high level. Yeah. 
that should translate to them as joy, you know. They should experience yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Love that ideology. Very, very beautifully articulated by each of you. So, Mr. Banks, your career has spanned for several many decades across different landscapes. Yeah, I'm getting older now. And different geographical environments. <laughs> so, have you, you felt any kind of correlation when you look back upon these environments in terms of your work? Uh, never thought about it like that, though. It's just uh, been very fortunate to be able to travel all over the world and play music that is dear to me, you know. There are, I really have a soft spot to being involved in projects that allow for a lot of improvisational approach, be it in a jazz style or rock style or an Indian fusion style. But improv is a very big deal for me. I really love being part of those kind of projects. So to be able to play with great musicians like Mohini, Mark, Lydian, and a lot of other greats who we have in India who are incredible at doing that, I feel very fortunate and blessed to be able to continue doing that and hopefully do it more all over the world. And Mamoji is a beautiful project that can really, you know, take the best of both worlds and take it, take this project all over the world and showcase this kind of approach and playing. Yeah. How does spirituality inform Mamoji's music? Oh, deep. <laughs> Who wants to go? I'll, I'll go. Okay. I'll go, and I'll try to make this brief. Uh, I I think that we all, I mean, let's be honest. Um, that as a life choice, music is not uh, the best choice if you're trying to make uh, you know uh, hundreds of crores. Okay, there are very few people who are earning at that level. So. On a very basic level, there has to be something talking inside of us, inside our heart and spirit that guides us to want to become a musician. Because for many people, it can be an insane proposition of choosing this lifestyle. Okay. And also, it can be an even more insane proposition to play non popular music where your audience is doubtful. So you're, you're, living a life that's kind of in the dark, right? If you don't know who your audience is going to be and you're playing new music. So you have to have some belief in something, in yourself, in the music you're playing, in the music of uh, that your friends and your band members are, are capable of. You have to be, uh, uh, you have to believe in, in multiple facets. Um, whether it's, it's God or a higher power is something else, but... Uh, you have to have some sort of belief system in yourself and your band to keep the everything sustained. So um, I, I, I won't go into my religious beliefs because okay. I think that it is important that it's a personal uh, thing for me, my, my belief system. But um, we want to uh, propel the music that we think is special and Maybe there are some things that I feel are missing in the world right now. There are some holes that maybe I felt were there in music in the past that I would like to see on the musical landscape again, regardless or not of whether we get picked up and are heard as much as some of the pop artists today. 
it is equally important to me if we're making no money or if we're making the biggest money that music is heard. So that is my spiritual philosophy with this. Is It's a dark passageway and there is no light in sight. You just have to keep going. You know? But does that Although create... Mark, I see the light. Please go on. I see the light. Working, Gino, then I'll go because my answer is very different. Yes. Go for it. Oh, yeah. So, no, for me, I mean, playing an instrument is a spiritual experience uh, because it's the intent with which we play with and uh, the, the reasoning behind playing the instrument, the agenda and the intent is pure. It's honest. So that, I mean, spirituality is about, you know, centering yourself with positivity, goodness, purity. And I think when you see people play an instrument, you know their intent and agenda is on the right path. And so I look at it that way. So it's very a spiritual experience. Music, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. Right? It's a way of life. So our spiritual path is in music, right? And creating music and playing and performing music and playing together for people. Again, it's a community. Wonderful. Right? You so did mention the agenda goodness. is important. Uh, so I have a follow-up question. Do you need to be a good human being to make good music? I think it does uh, matter because, like I mentioned earlier, manufactured music. I can easily tell music that's manufactured and music that is really played true. You know, a lot of people may not see that because we live in a very manufactured world of entertainment in general. And a lot of people sometimes don't experience the truth. What I mean by the truth is, and if you talk about commercial music, right, which is for the masses, which they say is for regular people, but any one of us, if we, if we set up our instrument on the street and start playing, those masses will enjoy themselves listening to the music. It's not, we're not hiding behind production and stuff like that, right? So how can you say what we play is not commercial or not mass music? It's just not marketed with that kind of budget. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You know, there are um, people who are great human beings and you can actually feel that through their music when they're playing through their instrument, which is which they have you know worked so hard to ultimately make their voice. And then there are musicians who are absolutely terrible people and still are great musicians, you know? Yeah. Um, I've met those people, uh, but the only problem with the second option is that not many people will want to work with you because <laughs> then you're not easy to work with and people don't want to take your shit, obviously, you know, don't want to be disrespected by you, you know, people want to work with humble people and people want to work with you because they have a good time with you and uh, respect you, you know, and is a joy to work with, you know, so that's that. But yeah, there are people like that who are just shitty people and still are great musicians, you know, still can play their ass off. And then there are musicians who are great human beings and you can actually feel that through uh, their instruments. On the spirituality part, I used to be someone that grew up uh, reading Hanuman Chalasa every day after shower. My dad is a spiritual person and a very religious person. And I was trained and brought up to be like that till the age of like 13, I think. And uh, I used to be the kind of person who would not eat non-veg on Saturdays and Tuesdays, you know. Um, what? I, yes. And then, oh yeah. And then I would know Hanuman Chalisa by heart, you know, like anywhere, anytime. And uh, I would like say it out loud uh, and feel very 
like proud of myself. But that was so lame and dumb of me, you know, because I was a kid that time. But, you know, uh, I was always um, told that if you pray, then you're going to get good things and then lots of positivity will, will be around you and you are going to be successful in life and stuff. And that never happened to me when I was praying to God. Uh, so for me, spirituality is not uh, believing in God. I know a lot of people think you need to have some sort of godly figure or God to believe in, to be spiritual, you know, and to be grounded. But like Gino said, uh, music makes us grounded and music is actually the thing that makes me also feel very grounded. And uh, I have a lot of faith. I think spiritual spirituality for me is having faith in something, even if it's just a candlelight. You know, sometimes I'll be lighting a candle and just look at the fire you know, there's so much power inside it and it makes me feel very calm and relaxed and all the stress is gone. And like, it makes me feel like I am doing good in life, you know, and same with music when I'm working hard, like when I'm being productive for the entire day, by the end of the day, when I feel that pain in my back, it's very relaxing. It's very satisfying to me. I feel like I've done something today and I sleep very well. Unlike the days when I didn't do enough, and I didn't feel that it wasn't very satisfying. So for me, then it's like, okay, now I'm, tomorrow I should be more productive. You know, tomorrow I, I should be doing better. But for me, I, I stopped praying after like the age of 13 or 14. And um, I was very rebellious. So like I told that I'm going to stop praying and I'm going to see where it takes me and what are the bad things that can really happen to me. All good things happened. I just wanted more time to myself and wanted to spend more time with my instrument because I was missing something in life and I wanted to find that. And music helped me find that uh, happiness that was missing. And uh, it was the only thing that made me uh, feel like I know what I want to do in life, you know? Uh, somewhere down the line, it was very clear. And uh, so I don't know if I would call myself spiritual, but mm -hmm. music has been the tool Okay. Uh, for me to um, every it's it's been the answer to every question in my life. I'll put it that way. So uh, could could I answer that follow up? Sure, you sure. said uh, can only good people make good music, and I want to answer in two parts. Okay, okay. Uh, quick. So the first part is a little bit of jazz history. Uh, pre the nineteen forties, when big bands were all the rage, you had a five piece saxophone section, four piece trombone section. And usually a four-piece trumpet section with a four-piece rhythm section, piano, guitar, uh, bass, and drums. Uh, and what was very typical in big band charts is to have a tenor battle, okay? The two tenor saxophonists would have a part where they would trade uh, either choruses, which would be uh, 16 or 32 bars on a form, and then they would trade eights and trade four bar sections. Uh, and the idea was kind of to see who could cut the other person the most? Who could outplay the other saxophonist? So there actually became a culture within the saxophone community as a result of these tenor battles and other types of battles, who was the best soloist in, in the band, okay? Now, that culture kind of permeated all of jazz, okay? To a point where in bebop music, Charlie Parker was kind of the reigning champion he was the best for a time and then others followed him like Sonny Stitt and Cannonball Adderley 
and you have uh, basically this uh, this period of people who are trying to outplay one another, kind of until kind of blue kind of came around where you get this the cool jazz school where it's about playing less. Yeah. Okay. Uh, until that moment, it was about cutting each other. Okay. And a lot of there are stories that I've heard from my uh, from the elders, jazz elders, mm -hmm. that these guys were not nice to be around because they that culture of cutting each other, meaning outplaying and basically shaming the other person into submission through music. Got translated. Now, if you listen to these jazz records, Charlie Parker or or any of the I mean, the music is incredible. Yeah. But were they good human beings? No. But what I can say is that it was honest. They were they were trying to do something honest through the music, which was sometimes to outplay the other person. That is an honest thing, right? Two, two men, one guy, one female, two females going at each other like this, like two bulls or something like that. And uh, like that's something real, right? That's something authentic. Were they good people after the show when they were talking? Probably not. Okay. So. And this idea of good, in my mind, then becomes something that's subjective, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you'll allow me, I'll, I'll make kind of an outside of music idea, which is that uh, in times of war, okay, people uh, eliminating the target, that's the, the, the you know, or, or killing people is seen as a necessary evil, right? But I believe that killing people is always evil. But there's a subjective glance to the person who ordered the death of the person for whatever reason, right? So yeah. it's either a good if if we as individuals do that in public, it's bad, right? Sentenced to life in prison or to the death penalty. But in times of war, you're heralded as a hero. Yeah. So good and bad is all subjective. Objective. Okay. So do you have to be a good person to make good music? I think the the probably more uh not correct but the more honest version is actually you have to be an honest person you have to do things genuinely to make good music um but it could be a genuine evil inside of you that makes great music or it could be a genuine desire for good that makes good music but it's genuine and honest uh inside not necessarily uh you know we're not all Bad. The Dalai Lama or 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 Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King, these heroes, right? We are all different, but it, we're trying to be honest in our music. I think that was such a beautiful answer. I've asked this question to so many contemporaries and the way you described it, it was absolutely fabulous. I've got to give it to you for this. Thank you. Thank you so much for elaborating so much. Lydian, uh, okay. Lydian, how how does yeah. spirituality inform your music? Uh, it's it's all the answers uh, these three people said. <laughs> okay, so, I, I, yeah, yeah. So spirituality, me, of of course, it's music, playing instruments, and and staying staying true to what you really do. And uh, I think uh, you can be uh, spiritual without being religious. Many uh, people, you know. I take that, uh, you know, spiritual is being religious and, you know, devoted to a God and it's too much. Yeah. But you can be spiritual without being religious. And, uh, but spiritual can be more general and included in other things. Spiritual can be different as uh, uh, spirituality can mean different things to different people 
or you can follow common spiritual belief uh-huh. so uh yeah i think uh, i'll i'm staying true to what i really do okay. and uh, i'm really devoted to music and uh, yeah that's my answer super so in the interest of time i'd like to come to the last segment which is the rapid fire segment oh mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun segment and let's see how all of you do who goes first any sequence in no particular order lilian goes first because he's the youngest sure okay sure. <laughs> All right. So first question for you Lydian. If you had to indulge in a little bit of futurology and uh, figure how music might turn out 10 or say 20 years down the line, what might it be like? Oh. <laughs> that's such a hard question. <laughs> uh but uh yeah yeah you know depending on what music is I you know uh now and what people are hearing what most of the people are hearing of course after 20 years there is going to be jazz uh, carnatic hindustani all the traditional ways but of course now the majority is you know electronic pop and all those kind of stuff but there will still be a large amount of audience for other genres of music too so uh, if it stays like this i'm more than happy you know and it will be will all live in a healthy music industry as long as you produce good music it's it's it's, it's all good it's all safe yeah perfect yeah i think the most beautiful part about music is that you know when you create it and when you put it out there it's always going to be there you know of course and yeah. so uh, he said it beautifully like if if you're doing making good music and putting it out there it's always going to be there and people are always going to remember and my hope is that this music that we make here and the music that ha- is being made abroad i hope we exchange more of that and i hope it reaches more parts of the world and i hope we are able to spread that more and more you know i hope people are more aware and more informed about music i hope that people are more educated also in some way uh, so that awareness and uh, information i hope uh, gets through um, what we are trying to do by making different types of music and i think my future uh i just my future uh, uh fear is that i and and hope is that i hope that we don't get replaced by ai yeah yeah definitely <laughs> now that trend is going on please yeah. no robots i hate robots yeah uh my my hope for the future is that uh music students will not give up playing their scales when they are young <laughs> uh, that uh that the importance of music now i will say one lovely thing uh that i heard uh, statistically there are more people on the planet as the population grows there are more people on the planet studying jazz and western classical and indian classical than ever before just based on population statistics because the world population has grown sure. so even if the po- uh the population percentage of people has decreased the actual overall amount of people has still increased based on the population size and because the amount of people studying the music is there it's equally proportionate to the amount of people that want to listen to the music so as long as the, there's a a listening body listening to the music we're safe because people are always going to study it so there have to be people to create it um my hope for the future is that 
uh, our streaming companies like Spotify and Amazon and Tidal uh, work with our world governments to give an artist a fair share of the profits uh, so that uh, artists can be compensated and have a better working model of how to uh, keep making music. Um, I think those things will be worked out in time. Uh, and I hope that the hierarchy between singers and musicians decreases. Yeah. Um, you know, sorry, not musicians. I meant instrumentalists. Instrumentalists. Uh, singers and instrumentalists, it decreases, you know, because right. that's still there. I agree. Do you know? Yeah, this is rapid fire, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I just see the future that AI is going to coexist with us on the music entertainment side. It's going to be a lot of AI. But you're going to need some live musicians to play that stuff live. So we're always going to be there. So, yeah. I hope. That's what I think. Oh, I hope the robots yeah, it's, don't it's, get so good that they replace us. Yeah, it's not so much fun watching the robot. Yeah. I don't think so. So I think uh, we'll we'll be we'll be there. Yeah. Great. What is that one song that always makes you cry? Uh okay. Oh, there are a lot of songs. What I can say? Just just one. Just pick if you had to pick one. Okay, I'll be? I'll tell one from all the genres. Okay. Wow. So uh... <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, rapid like fire, four. rapid yeah, fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the first uh, Western classical Beethoven uh, Fifth Symphony, and in jazz, uh, I think uh, anything by Frank Sinatra or uh, Chick Corea or you know, or many artists like that, or Chet Baker, Miles Davis. Yeah, <laughs> and then pop. Uh, oh my, I love uh, "We Are the World" uh, and "Heal the World" by Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Super. Do you know? I'll go with uh, the Schindler's List theme by John Williams. Oh, wow. Richard. And I'll go with a Marillion song called Beyond You. Super. I'll go by uh, WAP by Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> You're crying for different I'm reasons, Mark. For the same reason, but uh, <laughs> it makes me cry. No. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Seriously, um, the, the song called Canvas. Um, it's a cover song. Uh, I don't actually know who the original artist is, but uh, uh, co uh, composer arranger John Hollenbeck. I like this version. It's more obscure, but it's uh, very, very good. It's amazing, actually. Canvas, John Hollenbeck. Yeah. For me, of course, you know the answer, Aditya, because I said it. Uh, in the Paul episode, uh, it's Ordinary People by George Benson. And George it's mixed Benson. feelings for me because the first part is like very uh, melodious and it makes me very, very emotional. And then when the guitar solo hits in the interlude, it's like very soothing and very like relaxed and it, it, lots of soul, uh, mm -hmm. you know, lots of like vibey, you know. But the first part is very emotional, so kind of makes me cry, but then it makes me happy. So it's mixed for me. Awesome. So one last question for today, uh, which is again a custom, uh, as you're aware, Mohini. Uh, mm -hmm. Down in the distant horizon, what would you want to be remembered as? I know it's a little too early for you, Lydian, but give it a shot. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want people uh, to live, uh, you know, I want people to remember what? Oh, what remember what US. Can I say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just want people to remember me, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I okay. I want people to uh, remember 
you know you know there there's that there's this guy called Lydian you know who uh, who did a lot of uh, songs and who tried to stay as a good musician forever yeah. super sweet <laughs> yeah you know yeah i would be like to be remembered as a uh, musician a lot of people like to work with and hopefully i made their music help them make their music better and in basically just good musician and good person to work with good yeah it's the same with me i mean same answer as in the paul's episode i just want to be remembered as somebody who was a joy to work with and who was hopefully able to give something and bring something to the table that was um that this did justice you know okay mark i think uh, my answer i mean of course it's it's the you know i want to be remembered for having a long discography meaning i want to be a part of a lot of great artists albums mm-hmm. i want uh, the ability to put out my albums as uh, maybe some listeners know who are musicians uh it's extremely expensive to put out original music because um a uh the cost of recording mixing mastering uh hiring the studio all these things can be a lot of money um and basically every single album there is a dollar figure or a rupee figure or whatever euro figure with how much that album costs to make and it's interesting because art seems priceless after it's made but there was a cost to making every single piece of music whether it was time or money so um i would like to have the power and ability to make lots of art in my life um so that i can um keep doing what i'm doing so to those people who are out there who are people of power and influence please help us uh musicians uh accomplish our goals you know um yeah maybe we have a lot of followers on instagram maybe we have a lot of um you know maybe we might achieve notoriety but we can always use modern patrons people that can help us um pursue these things because this is an act of passion what we're doing so uh it's a plea uh to help us so that we can put out a lot of music so that we can be remembered in this way so i um that's my my plea uh i know that's not exactly the answer but it's a, a way to help my answer come to fruition i want to uh have a a long career of making music and uh we need your help to do that for sure so as we continue to celebrate <laughs> a dozen it says for sure means for sure <laughs> yeah, for sure <laughs> for sure for sure. <laughs> so as we continue to celebrate a dozen marvelous musical pieces, the showmanship that all of you display, it kind of brings out a very rich and intense life that all of us await as audiences in India and you know throughout the world. So thank you so much for all the music and we're really looking forward to seeing you all at the Oddball Festival. It's been a great blessing honor and a privilege. Thank you Aditya. Thank you so much. Thank you so much likewise. Thank you all for all the listeners. We hope to see you all on the 17th Feb at the Arbol Festival. One last thing I'd like to add this interview will be additionally aired on Big FM Shillong and as all. And it'll also be part of my podcast 
in YouTube as well as all audio streaming platforms. So I'll be sure to send out the links once they're out. Awesome. Thank you guys once again. All, Thank you so much. All the much. best. Love Thank and prosperity. You. Blessings. All that. Good night. Thank you.